When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Free agency is here. The signing's coming fast. And Robert Murray, Burt, is in the middle of it. The Baseball Insiders, we've got the information for you. And it starts right now. Bert, your phone is dinging off the hook here. Max Scherzer going to the New York Mets. You had this report. Let's let's start with the big signing here. Three years, 130 million. John Heyman literally just reporting it, uh, and you were you were about to break that one, my friend. Uh, but uh, congrats, I guess, to John, and 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 I guess congrats to Scherzer and the Mets, huh? Yeah, that uh, holy crap! Three years for 130 million, or somewhere in that ballpark. I mean, it's a record annual average value, um, and it's also. Steve Cohen, basically, like he's flexing his muscles with the amount of money that he has because he knows that there's not many, if any, owners who can compete with the wallet that he has. Um, and it also, with along with Francisco Lindor signing for $341 million last year, um, it gives the Mets just two superstar players at really high contracts. Um, but with Scherzer, like this market was heating up in recent days. It was close last night, or at least getting closer, I should say. Uh, the Dodgers were fading as of last night. I don't think they were willing to go to three or four years is my indication that I got. I couldn't see the Giants um, really going to the 40-plus the million dollars just because Farhan Zaidi loves financial flexibility. Um, and like there was one team that I was really watching out for, and that was Artie Moreno uh, and the Los Angeles Angels. Um, Moreno, he, um, he was one of the very few owners who opposed Steve Cohen getting ownership of the Mets and with Cohen um, getting the job, I think, or with Cohen and those uh, Cohen and Moreno wanting um, both, or they both wanting Scherzer. I think Moreno wanted to try to outbid him, but in the end I got word that Moreno backed out and, and now Scherzer is going to the Mets in a blockbuster deal. That's going to just unleash all heck in baseball. I just want to say that I don't know Steve Cohen, but I want to mention that, you know, here's a guy who made his money as a hedge fund manager, right? He founded what was SAC Capital uh, back in the day, pleaded guilty to insider trading, agreed to pay $1.8 billion in fines. Um, and this is the owner of the New York Mets who's just flying money all around, which I guess congratulations, but uh, that's not exactly um, the, the greatest resume that I've ever heard of. Uh, but for, for Scherzer, this is uh, clearly he's taking top dollar here. I'm sure that, you know, the, this is and, and congrats. I get it. But mm-hmm. I mean, the, the Mets, even with Max Scherzer, would you agree they have a ways to go to actually be a viable, certainly World Series contender? 
I would absolutely agree with that. I think with the Mets, this certainly brings them closer um, because adding Scherzer, who's a Hall of Fame pitcher, and having him atop the rotation with Jacob deGrom, um, that might be the best one-two punch in baseball history. Um, and it's as I said, it brings them closer, but they need to add another bat. And I th- like, I've heard from people throughout the industry that their additions of Eduardo Escobar uh, and Starling Marte, it provides more balance in the lineup and better at bats. Um, and it allows them to bring in a guy like Javi Baez, um, who is more of a swing and miss kind of guy. He's, he's not somebody who's going to end up hitting a home run or getting a hit or getting on base in every at bat. Like he'll strike out a lot, but adding those guys um, allows them to resign Baez, I think. At least that's how other teams feel. And if you add Baez to the mix along with the other players they've added, I think that definitely ends up making them a contender. Who's most bummed right now that they didn't get Scherzer? Who was who? Who came in second? I don't know who came in second, um, but I would imagine it's the Dodgers because they paid a premium for Scherzer at the deadline, and they only got him for a half a season. What's going to soften the blow for them is the fact they have Trey Turner under contract, um, and he's he's just a superstar player, probably a top five, if not top ten, player in baseball. Um, so them having. Uh, Turner is going to end up softening the blow, but I think that's going to end up being like, they're going to be really bummed by losing out on Scherzer because he's irreplaceable. Um, I'm sure Artie Moreno is bummed to lose out on Scherzer, not just because of Scherzer, but because he lost to him on uh, from Steve Cohen. Um, But like, those are the two teams that really stand out for me. So the Dodgers and even the angels, these teams rarely get outbid. Do they, Mm -hmm. you think it was just strictly money? Um, uh, It's, I'm sure the Dodgers can always find dollars. The same thing with the angels. So why didn't this get bid up any further? Do you have any understanding of that? Yeah. Like I think it all just came down to the years. Um, and the fact that he was able to get three for 130, which comes out to what, like 43 and a half or so million a year. Um, like that, I don't even know if the Dodgers or any other team was willing to go to that average annual value, let alone with the years. Um, and like, when you combine that with the years, like that to me, like a deal was going to get done with the Mets. I don't like with those other teams not willing to go to that park or that range, I should say. I just don't, I just don't see like it was clearly the Mets. If he wanted the most money, it was the Mets. Um, but if he wanted to win, like win a championship immediately, it was probably the Dodgers, but clearly 40, he the money. 43.3333333333 billion a year. Okay. I, I, good. Yeah, I, I tend to like at least the, those deals to me feel a whole lot better than the seven-year deals that pitchers get. Like you're paying a premium, and he's at the end of his career, so there is risk there. But you know, you're 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 coming out of the gates. He's getting the max dollars that he's going to get in the deal, and it, and it doesn't last forever. So um, I get it. And a lot of there was a lot of comparisons with Trevor Bauer. That name, of course, uh, is a complete lightning rod. Uh, nowadays and 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 rightfully so for the record but um there were people are speculating well this is the deal that bauer got so scherz is probably going to get the same three years and more and that's what happened mm-hmm. no exactly and like I, i'm glad you mentioned the bauer thing because coming into the scherzer sweepstakes a lot of people in baseball mentioned that with scherzer and the mets is they've shown a willingness to make that kind of a deal especially like short-term average annual value just being super high um, and that's why a lot of people consider them the dark horse coming into this, even though entering the offseason, I think most people felt the Dodgers were the favorites. Um, and that willingness ended up netting them Max Scherzer. And I'm also wondering 
with adding all those players they did the other day, combined with adding Scherzer, do free agents now start flocking to the Mets? Um, and like that to me is a very realistic thought. Um, I don't know. Like I haven't heard specifically of any other players who think that, but like Scherzer is a game changer. Um, and them adding Scherzer not only makes them attractive to free agents, like they are going to be a force to be reckoned with, especially as I mentioned earlier with the Grom and Scherzer, like that you can compete with anybody like that is legitimately just superstardom. Yeah. And I'm going to do a deeper dive by the way on Steve Cohen, but like just the whole that baseball was willing to take on a guy who was convicted of insider trading and is paying 1.8 billion. It just, the end of the day, money talks. Just remember that the baseball insiders, we know this, that uh, money, 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 money. That's it's really, uh, I, I, I don't like, I don't, I don't like it, Bert. I don't, I don't like it at all, but here, let, let, one thing I do like, um, is you and, um, and your, even your, your Thanksgiving Turkey meals and, and everything else you've said, that's just, um, kind of, um, cringeworthy, but, but yet beautiful at all at the same time because of your honesty. Um, you, you broke Marcus Simeon. Congratulations. This is where I'm Thank going you. here. Um, I thinking you were going into my mashed potatoes take. They got me dunked on by a lot of people. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a second, but seven years, 175 to the Rangers for a 31 year old, uh, another deal instantly. My reaction seeing is like that is not smart on Texas's part, but it's it's beautiful on you for breaking it. By the way, the athletic credit to you. Fan side broke the story. ESPN in their story did not give you credit, which I think is BS. Uh, but John, Jeff Passan gave you credit on Twitter, which uh, we love you, Jeff Passan. So thank you. Uh, yeah, this is I, a, a podcast that loves Jeff Passan. I want to make that clear. That uh, that's my guy. We right well, Passon credited you, but uh, and he didn't write the article. Um, the article that was written by ESPN was like, well, Jeff Passon. I'm like Jeff Passon. Murray had it first, um, and I I'm bringing this up, not you. So uh, that's okay. I just want to give you props on the Semyon deal. Were you were you surprised by the Rangers? And and give me the the background on what went on there. Uh, so I caught wind early in the day that Scherzer was going to be the only one of Boris's main clients to sign uh, before the lockout. And all of a sudden, I get a text message saying, happy holidays. Simeon is signing with the Rangers on a seven-year deal. And I'm like, this, okay, like, let's, let's check this out. Because like, Simeon made a lot of sense for the Rangers, but I think a lot of people connected them with Trevor's story um, for obvious reasons. Um, so I ended up doing some digging on it. And I got a text back right away saying, it's close. You can report it. And I ended up reporting it and my phone lit up like a Christmas tree. Um, Legitimately, I could not use my phone for about 20 minutes there. But in terms of this deal happening, the the Simeon's asking price was astronomically high. Um, And there was some like immediately the Blue Jays understood that there was a very slim chance they were going to end up resigning Simeon. Um, And the Rangers, they were aggressive. They wanted a shortstop or they wanted an infielder, I should say. So they ended up signing Simeon. Seven years, 175. That's the that's the years that he wanted, even last year that he was not able to get. Um, and they ended up securing a player that is going to be a foundational piece for them. They think he's going to end up being huge in the clubhouse for them. But it's also just the beginning of what the Rangers are trying to do. Um, and I would not be surprised at all if the Rangers continued negotiations with Corey Seager, um, who's Scott Boris's client. Like Seager is someone who's firmly on the radar. I can say that with confidence. Um, and Chris Woodward, their manager, loves Seager. 
And I am under the impression the feeling is mutual. Um, and Trevor's story is somebody that they remain interested in too. Um, I think if they got it their way, it would end up being Sim or it would end up being Seeger. Um, but like either one of those is a huge win. Like th- this team, the Rangers, they wanted or they entered this offseason like with a lot of money to spend. And we saw it yesterday with all the moves that they ended up making with with Simeon Cole Calhoun and John Gray. Like this is only the beginning. I'll give you another name for him, by the way, Carm. You ready for this? All right, let's go. Kyle Schwarber. Wow. Yeah, they are quietly in on Schwarber. Um, I so I've heard for days that Schwarber is unlikely to sign before the lockout. I want. I'm wondering if that's the likelihood of that is changing. I don't know if it's specifically with the Rangers, um, but I, I would imagine the Phillies are going to end up being in, in on this just because of like he's he's somebody who's very close with Kevin Long, their new hitting coach. Um, I could, like, I wonder if the Mets are in, like, that's just me speculating. That's not sourced info, um, by any means, but, um, like the Mets, they're going to be connected to everybody. Like after signing Scherzer, they will be connected to everybody. So I'm like, that's what I'll keep an eye on, even though, as I said, and I want to stress this, I have not heard that. Um, but yeah, the, the Rangers like sticking with them, they're very active. Um, they want stars, they have money to spend and I'm, under the impression we'll try to make it happen as much as they can. So and before you dumped a lot of stuff here, but let me just finish up Marcus Simeon. Yep. He, I mean, career year last year, dude, it's 45 bombs. Um, his, his OPS was 873. That's only the second time in his career that he's been over 800. And, and when I say over 800, he hasn't sniffed it in the other years. I mean, the, the highest in the outside of those other two years is 735. He's 31 years old. He now, okay, fine. You're, you're going to a hitter's ballpark in Texas and he's very durable. He's, you know, he played 162 games last year and he's, he's, he's done, he's been well in the one fifties multiple times, but I don't know, man, that, that is a, that is a, that is a long putt uh, that you are certainly buying at its apex. Correct. Yeah. Simeon was a player that the, the Rangers ended up identifying early on in the process as somebody they wanted because they re, they knew it was going to end up being somebody at their price point and it wouldn't eliminate them from adding another premium free agent. Hence why I ended up mentioning them with Seager um, and with Story and also with Schwarber. Um, yes, he is 31. Yes, he's probably not going to end up performing at this kind of a level throughout the entire seven years of this contract, but he's still going to be an impact player. Um, and he's also the kind of player that you want to bet on too, because I've heard from people that have played with him that have been around him, that he's a phenomenal leader. Um, and he's somebody that you can comfortably believe in even after getting a contract of this stature. So like, I think the Rangers, this was just one part of a huge plan for them. I think Simeon makes a lot of sense for them because he can move around the infield. Um, and he's an impact bat. Um, and he'll end up attracting other players to, to the Rangers, like not to the effect of Scherzer to the, to New York, but like this proves that the Rangers are serious and they can use this as a recruiting tool for say a player of, of Seager or somebody else. And like, they're also going to keep an eye on Clayton Kershaw too. He's probably not, I, I'm under the impression he won't sign until after the deadline or until after the lockout, I should say, um, but like he's somebody that's going to be on their radar and say you end up adding a, another player like Seager um, and some other players. I think they're looking for relievers as well. 
Um, you add all those pieces and then you can potentially add shirt or potentially add Kershaw, uh, later on. Like that's a very formidable roster. So, um, it just, it's a part of a, it's one part of a huge process for them, but like, I think it makes a lot of sense. So let, let's talk about the starting pitchers. Cause like some deals to me, Steven Matz's in particular seems reasonable, and yeah. then, then a guy like Kevin Gausman, who's a, you know, this is a back end of the rotation starter getting 110 million. That seems a little bit crazier. Um, I don't know if you think the Blue Jays overpaid, but just the way the starting pitching market has been moving around here, obviously Scherzer at the top, but you, you know, you still have um, some big time names out there, Robbie Ray uh, for, for one. But so Gausman, Blue Jays, was that a surprise? It wasn't a surprise that it was the Blue Jays. Like that was a deal. I saw San Francisco end up connecting to Gosman or being connected to Gosman a lot. I did not think they would end up being in at that price point, especially the years, because he was a really good pitcher for them. Like I, I think he's more of a frontline starter than maybe you were giving him credit for. But, um, like toward the, like in the second half of last season, like he wasn't like teams were laying off of that sinker of his, and it like his numbers ended up being impacted by that. Um, so like, I think for the Blue Jays, after missing out on Syndergaard and all these other starting pitchers that they were targeting, uh, Steven Matz was another one, by the way, that they were, they wanted to bring him back. But after missing out on all those guys, they were in a position where they were desperate. Um, and they ended up having to go the extra mile to secure Gosman. Um, and it also gives them at the top of the rotation, Jose Barrios and then Gosman. And then you also have, Hinjin Ryu, you have Alec Manoa, um, you have Nate Pearson as well. It was a pretty talented guy who hasn't put it all together quite yet, but like from a talent standpoint, that's very good. Um, and they're going to continue to try to bring back. Uh, I, I, I don't know about Robbie Ray. Um, like, so I, I can tell you the angels love him, by the way. Um, I don't know if they're going to do it after signing Lorenzen, but um, like the, the blue Jays are going to continue to be active because they need to. Uh, especially after losing Simeon, but um, like for it, so, sticking with Gosman um, and the Blue Jays here, that it was too rich for my blood personally. Um, I think that was a deal I would have shied away from. But as I said, the Blue Jays were desperate, and and ultimately they ended up pulling the trigger on a deal that was pretty hefty. Yeah, and listen, I I, I don't want to be unfair to Kevin Gosman. He was a back end starter for most of his career. He certainly wasn't that last year. Um, and if we're going to include the pandemic here, that that's fair too. Um, so, but for the majority of his career, that that's, that's what he's been. Um, I mean, do you, if you're a blue Jays fan, Steven Matz, Kevin Gausman, are you, are you, are you comfortable with that trade basically? Yeah, I'm comfortable with that trade because I think Gausman ends up presenting a lot more upside than Steven Matz. Um, cause he can, like he's shown, last year especially in the first half that he can be a frontline starter and even like the year before that too that earned on the qualifying offer is the giants clearly saw something in him that they were going to be able to um like end up maximizing that talent and to their credit they did and maybe he's got another gear in him i'm not sure but um i think that was a smart i think it was an upgrade for for the blue jays going from mats to gosman um and like if we want to talk about mats for a second like so that deal to me I was expecting less years, but more per year. Personally, um, the fact that they were he was able to get four years for forty four. I think the four years was was what separated the the Cardinals from any other team, and and obviously that was a huge um, 
I don't even know what you want to call it. It was just a huge mess uh, with how it was with the Mets too. And Steve Cohen calling out Rob Martin's Matt's agent for not giving them a chance to match when they were clearly willing to match for four years for 44 million. Um, but like that was like that solidified the Cardinals rotation. It was, they were comfortable going four years and he fits that team perfectly, by the way, because they have been actively seeking um, a ground ball starting pitcher and Matt's fits that description perfectly. And now like, so here's another nugget for you on the Cardinals is they're looking for relievers. Now I know one of them they're interested in is Joe Kelly. Um, he like, there's nothing imminent as of 1124 central time. Um, uh, but like there's clearly interest there. So that, that's one to keep an eye out for. I mean, incredible year end for the Cardinals getting in the playoffs, of course, uh, bowing out, but I I'm sure they look at the central think this is incredibly winnable. The Cubs are doing absolutely nothing. The, the Reds are, I mean, Nick Castellanos, I don't know where you think he's going, but certainly not going back to Cincinnati. Um, Lorenzen gone. I mean, who the Cardinals look, I I mean, they're going, I think they're making a very realistic play that this is our division and, and, and take a shot at the whole thing. Right. I mean, that's what I see. So I just got a text that Scherzer is a done deal. So, and it's not just close, it's done. So, sorry. What were you saying? I'm sorry. I I'd say that the Cardinals are looking at the central, like it's their division clearly by their moves. I mean, the, the Cubs are, who knows what the Cubs are doing. Uh, the Reds are going backwards. I don't know where, you know, you have Nick Castellanos, but he's not going back to Cincinnati, I don't think. Um, Lorenzen off and gone. So yeah. this this is a, I think St. Louis looks appropriately like this is realistically, it's our division and we can take a shot at the whole thing here. Oh, absolutely. Like this is to me right now, I, it's a two horse race in the central between the Cardinals and the Brewers. Um, and the Brewers are still going to be pretty good. Um, like they end up, they have a very strong rotation. They have Christian Yelich, who they're confident that will, will be better. But I mean, you can't really bet on that now after two really down seasons. Um, and offensively, they really scuffled last year. But if you're looking at it from strictly the Cardinals, you have a one through five in the rotation that is pretty solid. Um, you have an offense that features Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado. Tyler O'Neill and a bunch of other really good players, five gold glove defenders. If you put all those things together, like that is a very good looking roster. Um, and like, they're not done. They have money to spend. Like Matt's ended up saving them money um, in the long haul, rather than signing a guy like Marcus Stroman, who they investigated, but that's going to be too expensive for their liking. Um, so they can end up adding an impact reliever. They can maybe, maybe even add two of them. You can add another bat to the lineup. They can do a lot of different things, but even right now, I think they're the favorite in the central. Um, and it also, so it places a lot of pressure on first year manager, Ali Marmol, uh, cause he's got win now expectations. Cardinals believe in him, but like, this is going to be probably their most important season in years, just because of the expectations. And also this is probably going to be Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright's last seasons too. Incredible run for both of those guys. I mean, really just uh, I'm sure there's plenty of teams that are not going to be sad to see either of them go, even at this age, uh, still coming up with big, big hits and big performances on the mound. Bert, let's uh, let's run through who's left out there. And one of them is Chris Bryant. And and you're reporting that uh, the Mariners are right there with with KB. Yeah, like the Mariners are they're in on KB. Um, So Jerry DePoto, one of their uh, their front office executive, 
he said that they have an offer out to a premium free agent. Um, I don't know if it's Bryant, but they've poked around on him. They've been doing background work on Bryant for, for weeks now. And I had one source who knows tell me that it's like, it seems like a recruiting pitch to try to bring Chris Bryant to Seattle. Um, I don't know the likelihood of a deal. I like they're going to, they're going to need to recruit him pretty heavily to bring him over to Seattle, but DePoto wants to win. Like he's been in a rebuild ever since um, he ended up coming to Seattle and like they ended up against all odds competing last year toward the end of the year, even after trading off some of the pieces at the deadline. Um, But Bryant would be a huge addition for them. Uh, I think the Philadelphia Phillies are going to end up being in on Bryant. Uh, Giants seem like they're probably out. Um, or unlikely, I should say. I, I think unlikely is a better word for the Giants and Bryant. Um, but like clearly, the Mariners they want to add a piece of significance. And Adam Frazier was a good start, but they want to have an impact bat in the lineup. Bryant would be that. Um, and I'm also very curious to see what kind of a contract he gets because there's a lot of mixed opinions around around Bryant around baseball, which kind of caught me off guard. Um, so I think Boris may have. Um, he's, he's going to have a challenge trying to get Bryant the deal that he's thought he was going to have getting for years here. The KB knock in Chicago was that he was not built for this particular market, which I think is ridiculous, but that, that is, that is out there. And clearly he didn't win over the giants. Um, as far as them being willing to bring him back at, at no matter what, if, even if at all, so Seattle, to me, makes sense from at least how the Cubs were looking at him in the market that he would thrive in. Philly, way better. You know, you'd rather hit baseballs in Philly than in Seattle, but then you're dealing with the Philly fans. So I don't know how KB is looking at this, obviously, but outsider looking in, maybe Seattle's a better fit. Does that Have you heard any of that on KB as far as the personality? I, I can't say I have, but I also have not dug out or dug in on that. Um, personally. So like, and, and going to the Philly fan base. So like I'm an Eagles fan, so I understand the Philly fan base, or at least I, I think so. They're like, they're a very tough, tough crowd. Um, but they're also a very passionate crowd. And when you're winning in Philadelphia, I don't know if there's a better place to win because like that fan base will support you to the, to the day you die. Uh, and darn right. I see Sean Daly, who is one of our, one of our producers here. He's putting facts into our group chat here. He's a, he's also a fellow Philly fan. Um, so shout out to Sean for that. Um, so like, I, th- I think Bryant would like it if he ends up going there and succeeds, but there's going to be a lot of pressure on him to perform. Um, and like, I don't know if he's got a preference to what team he wants to go to. I think this is going to end up being a case of like how much money he can get and like what kind of deals like on a a- average annual value, but also a yearly basis that he's able to get like he's probably to me, the greatest mystery in free agency and what kind of a contract he could get. Cause yeah, it's just, it's mixed opinions all across the board. Daly is a front runner. Don't, don't give him any, you know, he's, he's one of those guys that he, he, he loves you when you're going well, he was a huge AI guy back in the day, but then, you know, when, when, when AI ends up playing for the nuggets, he shows back up in Philly Daly's booing him. I, I was, you know, I didn't know Sean at that point, but um, you know, he's one of those types for the record. Nah, get it. Yeah. Well, hey, hey, Daly's my boy. He's, a, he's an Eagles guy. So I, I got your back, Daly. <laughs> In our chat right now, it's Carm, those are fighting words, which was the, the point of those words. <laughs> Sean Daly's a great fan. He's a standard Philly guy. 
uh, green and white all day and, and, and ride that and wearing his Phillies cap. All right. What let's, uh, just, let's tackle just a couple other names. Nick Castellanos. Where do you think he goes? Giants. Okay. Interesting. I I think that's, that's one I'm monitoring. I've had some people who would know speculate that as, as the potential landing spot. Like I'm not saying anything's going to happen for sure, but like, that's the team I think is going to have Atlanta Castellanos. You got a sense on Correa? Boy, so we've done this every week. Everybody yeah. and their mother has been connecting him to um, the Tigers. I don't, I don't know if that's likely. I, I, I think that might be overblown, um, but we'll, we'll see. He had lunch. There was a lunch in Detroit. It went lovely, but apparently yeah. that, I mean, so some, actually, I'm glad you mentioned that because like this is something I've wanted to mention is um, so Correa and AJ Hinch had lunch in public at that one restaurant in Houston and Correa's agent and AJ Hinch met at the GM meetings in public for a very long time for everybody to see. And I've been wondering, like, clearly the, they're going to be interested in, in Correa because every team that needs a shortstop should be interested. But the fact they're making their meetings so public, I, I wonder if that's a smokescreen to try to like drive or to, to end up uh, taking people's attention away from the other shortstops with them. And, and they just swoop in at the last second and get somebody else. That's speculation on my end, but something that's been in my head ever since I saw that meeting at the GM meetings. Like, like Trevor story. I'll give you Javi Baez. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I, I like the way you're thinking. I, I like it a lot, actually. Well, it, you're the first person who's told me that, so I thank you, Carm. Well, that, we're on the same team here, Bird. This is the Baseball Insiders, buddy. You don't yeah. like mashed potatoes? Is that a thing? Oh, that's absolutely a thing. So, like, I got crushed for that, by the way. Like, ab- like I had my mom text me and ask, I raised, or she said, I raised you better than that. Um, <laughs> and ev- evidently, she what, didn't. What was uh, the actual tweet? It was a Thanksgiving food take. Um, mashed potatoes are bad. And I'm not kidding you within 20 seconds of tweeting it, Jeff Passon responded with clearly you don't know how to make mashed potatoes. And my mentions just turn into an absolute shit show. Um, it was, Oh, it's great. I absolutely loved it. Like getting roasted like that is one of my favorite things in the world. But that's the thing is I, that's a take that I actually believe is mashed potatoes. Like I've never had a good mashed potato. Um, and like that tweet has resulted in friends questioning our friendship and also my sanity. Um, and yeah, but like, that's something I'll go to the grave with unless like I actually find a good mashed potato. Um, that mashed potatoes are just bad. Same with Turkey, by the way. I mean, this is just, uh, I mean, your mom should be, uh, very concerned because it's, you just basically put her on blast. Um, uh, you know, he's a very good cook, by the way. I, I got to give her a shout out for that in the pot here. But like just mashed potatoes in general. Like, clearly not her mashed potatoes. You you said that your mom's mashed potatoes suck. That's clearly I mean, that is basically what you just said. Yeah. I mean, boy. Yeah. That, uh, that's good. When I eventually your, see my when I see my mom again, this is going to result in a talk. What, what's your mom's name? Uh, her name is Jan. Jan, Jan Murray. Jan. Jan Murray, I think we got to get Jan Murray on the show to discuss her mashed potatoes and how she makes them and allow people like Jeff Passon to comment that Jan, maybe she's not putting enough cream cheese in there, heavy cream, butter. I mean, these are the keys to mashed potatoes from this seat. That's the thing is I'm dairy-free, so it makes having a good mashed potato pretty tricky. 
So, I mean, how do you uh, even live your life? You can't have a milkshake. No, no milkshake. Unless it's like oat milk or something. I mean, so you're, you're okay. We need a creative mashed potato. So, all right. Well, that, that's not your fault though, Bert. You, if you're dairy free, you're dairy free. Your body doesn't allow it. You're, you know, you're doing the best you can over there. I get it. Oh, uh, I'm trying to at least. All right. Let, let's wrap up with, with just a couple more names. And, then we'll, and uh, we're going to have another uh, episode of the baseball insiders coming this weekend or later this week after the collective bargaining agreement is, is, uh, not agreed to as everyone expects and there'll be a lockout starting december 1st we do think that that's what's happening right there's no miraculous somehow they get a deal done in the next couple of days Nah, i I think the odds of that are basically nothing i'll say i'll say they're very they're slim to none is what they are i'm everybody in baseball is fully expecting a lockout um and i think all the player movement is just a confirmation of that that a lockout is, is happening um, and these te- these teams and players, um, like actually, like I'll look at my phone real quick um, because I had somebody. Oh, I gotta remember. I can't. Okay, so like I cannot remember who sent me that text, but like everybody, in, like there's gonna be a ton of signings co- like happening in the next couple of days or in the next 24 hours, I should say. Um, and I would expect most of those signings to happen tonight. Um, just because teams have to get these players in for physicals um, and they need to review the medicals. And in case they, if they need time for a potential hiccup in the deal, they need time to solve that. But I've heard from a lot of different people um, that this signing period is a very good thing for baseball and that having like a free agency deadline uh, to increase the action would be a lot of fun. Um, And like, there's just, I've heard that from a lot of different agents, which, which kind of surprises me because some of them like to wait out the market, but um, like, this is a very good thing for baseball. It feels like the NBA free agency here. Um, but I can tell you, this is probably actually, I'll, I'll take it a step further. This is the most active period in baseball free agency that I've ever encountered. And I've had veteran agents who have been in this for 25 plus years say the same thing. Like they have never seen anything like this ever. So I'm confused by it for the record. Wouldn't you want to know what the the actual deal is before you sign guys to life-changing, huge impact contracts? I don't get that part of it. Can you explain that as we say goodbye? Yeah, like, I think it's so. It's the uncertainty of what this next CBA is looking like, and like these teams, they don't know if the next CBA is going to be more favorable toward the player, and the players don't know if the deal is going to be more favorable toward the teams. So that uncertainty is increasing the, the activity from both sides and like the aggressiveness and trying to get deals done. Um, so like the uncertainty of like what this next deal is going to look like, like potentially this could end up really impacting the teams or like really benefiting the teams, I should say, but just so much uncertainty. It's just, yeah, it, it's got this market into an absolute frenzy. Um, and I'll, I'll leave you with this. I think, any player that is not attached to the qualifying offer that is not named Marcus Stroman is fair game. Um, like I like the, uh, there, there's going to be a boatload of signings and my phone, like I'm glad I turned off the dinger on it because it's lighting up. Thankfully no signings have happened while we're doing the pod here besides Scherzer. Um, but I would expect tonight to be just banana land. That's why everyone's following by Robert Murray on Twitter. And uh, 
congrats on the Simeon news and everything else you're doing over there. We love you, Bert. So does hey. Jeff Passan. So does the baseball world. And uh, we're looking forward to an insane, as you've just said, couple couple days or 24 hours of, of baseball news. And then we'll be back with you later in the week. Bert, happy Thanksgiving. Good to see you. And hey. uh, Good seeing you too, Carm. By the way, well, first off, I love you too. That's the most important thing. That's that's I got to make that clear. But um, stay tuned to the Twitter handle today. I uh, I got some stuff cooking. That's all I'm gonna do. I'm gonna sit there and just stare at your Twitter. I'm not even gonna have Twitter up. I'm just gonna have your Twitter up. I, I like that mindset. I'm, I'm, just gonna, I'm just gonna refresh you. Look for Bert tweets. Maybe a set. Maybe a separate uh, little corner for Bert. But uh, all right, thank you for listening to Baseball Insiders. We appreciate it and. Everybody who gives a review slash a rating slash any comments on the Baseball Insiders on Twitter is greatly, greatly appreciated and gives us job security. So thank you. And to my friend Sean Daly, who apparently had a Denver Nuggets number three Allen Iverson jersey, I greatly apologize. And uh, I will remember this moment in time. Heart, soul, best fan in the world out of Philly, it's Sean Daly. Done. Thank you for listening to the Baseball Insiders. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.